We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Hope you're having a good day, a good week. Uh, Another Monday night here. Going to talk a little bit of off-season college football. A couple interesting things going on. in uh, in the college football world, recently <clears throat> Arizona State with some uh, really really questionable things going on there. Um, they have been for a while, so we'll I'll dive into that a little bit. And then I I think everybody is expecting, or at least the people who listen to me frequently are expecting me to weigh in on the Jim Harbaugh saga and what's going on at the University of Michigan. Um, I will talk about that football and a little bit of basketball too <laughs> then uh, uh i'll do a little weekly synopsis on uconn football um uh, with my partnership with sidelines uconn um always spend a little time talking about huskies the huskies and hus- husky football <clears throat> so and then we'll do uh our new coaches corner segment this week it'll be on colorado state and their new head coach jay norvell but first let's talk a little bit about the Arizona State football program, which then leads to the Jaden Daniels transfer um, over this past week, him announcing he was going to be transferring. Um, there, there was definitely some. Uh, uh, let's just call it what what it is. Some very disturbing video out um, of Jaden Daniels' former teammates at Arizona State, um, kind of raiding his locker saying some very uh derogatory things on him and and uh i i saw and i heard from some sources that Jaden daniels was even thinking about coming back to arizona state but once that was um in the limelight i guess we can say i think it's pretty safe to say that he will not be returning to arizona state um and i also think it's very safe to say Jumping to a conclusion here on what their 2022 season will look like. It's not going to look very good. But the program recently has had some some big issues um, from a coaching side of things and um, from a culture perspective. And just, uh, I mean, I think, I think it's pretty public knowledge that uh, Arizona State and Tempe is known for partying and having a good time. And... Uh, <clears throat> just what that leads to in a college setting um it can be a difficult place to win at just because of that um when they hired herm edwards though it it, it was one of the it was there were two things that came to mind it was a little head scratching because he hadn't coached college football um but obviously he's a successful coach at the nfl level and he's been a He's a high-character guy, which makes this whole saga even more bizarre just because of how high-character he is and 
he's he's a good man but just the stuff that's going on there is it's disturbing to say the least i'm i'm not gonna go too too far into detail but it's a mess there um and i wouldn't be surprised before long that that job does open up um but that leads leads into talking about Jaden daniels i have been a a huge fan and supporter of Jaden Daniels and I know there's a lot of people out there who aren't um, um, who who think he's overrated and whatnot but I saw him play against Michigan State as a freshman in East Lansing and the young man led a game-winning drive against a good Spartan team and kind of cemented himself to me as a as a top-tier quarterback. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of people who disagree with my remarks there and saying that he's not a top-tier quarterback. He he can be inconsistent, and I agree with that. But given, given the right opportunity and the right circumstances, Jaden Daniels can be a star. And, and I really thought coming into last year that he was going to do some amazing things at Arizona State, and he flashed that plenty of times but for whatever reason they just couldn't put it together as a team for a long stretch um that's why i'm really really intrigued to see where he ends up in this situation my sources tell me that he wants to stay in the pac-12 which if you just kind of go down the line of the pac-12 and in where he could end up um it's kind of kind of interesting then to see like um like i mean obviously you look at arizona arizona is a team that could use him but would he really go there <clears throat> um colorado obviously could use him um oregon is set ucla set usc is set utah set washington has a couple guys uh, I don't think he fits really Wazoo um, or or Stanford for that mark either. But I mean, is it Colorado and Arizona? I mean, I, I I'd be really really uh, be a little head scratching to me if that was the case. Um, I, I I initially when I heard him transferring, I thought of a team right here by me that could really use a quarterback and it's the university of illinois now i i know it's a real long shot um but i I really feel that the university of illinois could use him and thrive with him in their offense um if i were brett bielema on that coaching staff i would be on the phone i would have been on the phone right away trying to get him and and i'm sure I'm sure that there's been talk. I mean, why wouldn't there be? But if you if you had to tell if you had to have me pick somewhere right now where he was going to end up, I would probably say Colorado right now, um, just because of from what I'm hearing him wanting to stay in the Pac-12. But you, you never know. I mean, the, the the transfer portal and all this stuff is crazy. Um, he might end up for at LSU for all we know, or Ole Miss. I mean, you you just you never know with the transfer portal and everything going on. And Jane Daniels is a talented kid, and I mean he's 
Very, very talented. He's gonna play. He's gonna play on Sunday, in my opinion. Um, and I feel like he would have been drafted this year. I mean, it would have been later, but um, him coming back, I think, is the best thing for him. And uh, obviously, now trying to find a new spot is gonna throw a wrench into it. But it'll be interesting to see how that all pans out. So now let's go into another topic of uh, let's let's go ahead and talk about the UConn Huskies for a little bit. Um, the Athletic um, released recently an article about uh, the head coaching hires this year, and kind of like with what I'm doing with my coach's corner, how I'm breaking down somebody new every week. But they just put everybody together in this article, and they said they gave the Jim Moore a hire. Uh, at UConn, a C plus, which, which is head scratching to me because I, I mean everybody who's listened to my show frequently knows that I've been a huge, huge supporter of the Huskies hiring Jim Mora, and I think it's a home run hire. Obviously, time will tell. I mean, you got to play the games, you got to see how it looks on the field, but but right now, everything he's done <clears throat> has really change things for the Huskies and uh, just to put them put them back on the map a little bit as a football program nationally um, what he was able to do from a recruiting perspective um, in a shorter period of time was very very impressive to me to get a, a bunch of a handful of Connecticut kids to stay home talented kids from the state to stay home and to do a great job in the transfer portal. Um, they needed a bunch of help on the offensive line. They did that. And they got some really, really good competition in the quarterback room now. They got some some skill. Uh, they already had some good skill players coming back offensively, but they've added some more guys who are really going to help. And, and like I said, time will tell. But <clears throat> and and I think you expect when a new coach is hired that's going to like jolt the program and like and, and whatnot. But when you hire a guy who has coached in at, at the highest level in college football and in the NFL, coaching in the, as a head coach in the NFC Championship, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's been there. And done it, and uh, that has to mean something to the program. And uh, I know a lot of people are <clears throat> down on the UConn football program. And yes, it's been a mess. It has been, um, to say the least. But but I, they, in my opinion, they hired the right man for the job. Somebody obviously who. We weren't expecting them to hire, but I think that was that was good because a lot of the names we were all throwing out there, myself included, <clears throat> are our guys that are still growing in the profession. Um, Jim Moore is a guy who's been there and done that, and his resume and track record speaks for itself. And I think he's going to do great things at the University of Connecticut. Again, we got to see it on the field, but I, I think all the signs are there. So now, let me take a little bit of time here to talk about 
Jim Harbaugh and the University of Michigan. So, so we all know, or the frequent listeners know, um, I grew up a diehard Michigan fan. I'm from Flint, Michigan. I, uh, my father went to Michigan. Um, so it, it's been, <clears throat> been with me my whole life to be a Michigan fan. And over the past couple of years, I've kind of been swayed away from the Michigan football program. I still cheer for them, but nowhere near to the fandom that I used to have because of Jim Harbaugh. Because I I, I don't like how he makes everything about himself. He makes it me, 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 not about the team. And as a former college basketball coach myself, um, you it's about your players. It's not about you. And I understand a big-name coach and the the name draws players, but they're drawn to you as a coach, yes, but they're also drawn to the university and what that means. But the main thing the players look at is, most of these players look at is, one, can I win a national championship? Well, now, how much money can I make off of NL or uh, NLI or NIL? <clears throat> but uh, can you get me to the NFL and can we win a national championship? That's what these players are looking for. And at the University of Michigan, you can do all those things. And uh, obviously, you got you have a guy in Jim Harbaugh who's coaching a Super Bowl. And he played at the university, played in the NFL, had a great career, had a very good career as an NFL quarterback. Um, so you think he comes in and would be able to do some things. And he's finally, this year, turning the corner. And me, as a fan, I was finally starting to come back and be like, okay, like, it's not, a, he, he, it wasn't about him this year. Like, he, he took a step back from his ego, I felt, and made it more about the team. And I feel like that's why they had a little bit more success too. Now changing the coaching staff helped a ton too. Getting younger coaches helped a ton, by the way. But but then you have the whole saga over the past month and a half or so where he's interviewing for different jobs and literally on National Signing Day, he goes and interviews for the Minnesota Vikings job which to me is a slap in the face to the University of Michigan and the football program. To go and interview for – if you want to go coach in the NFL, that's fine. I don't fault you. I don't fault him for that at all. But when you when you do that to the program, to the University of Michigan, to the football program, to me that's a slap in the face. And then Mich- then he comes back. Oh, I didn't get the job or, oh, I don't want the job, whatever it may be. I don't want the job or I didn't get the job. Um, we'd, we'd love to hear the facts about that one, by the way. But uh, I digress. <clears throat> but he comes back and he's like, I'm, never, I'm not going to, this isn't going to be a yearly thing. I'm committed to the University of Michigan, blah, 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 blah. So then the university gives him a substantial raise, like to the point of, Absurd to me. A new five-year contract at Michigan worth $36.6 million, which averages out to almost $7.5 million a year, which, which to me is ludicrous because 
this guy literally on National Signing Day went and interviewed for an NFL head coaching job, and you're going to reward him because now he's committed in, in quotes, in air quotes, let's say. He's committed to the university and to the football program. Well, where was your commitment on National Signing Day when uh, when you were supposed to be there um, getting ready to unveil a very good class once again? Where were you then? Where was your commitment then? Well, you were interviewing in Minneapolis, Minnesota for the Vikings head coaching job. That's where your commitment was or your commitment level was. So to me, it's a it's a farce. Like it's it how do you give a man or how do you give anybody a raise when they openly go about potentially bailing on your program? It just doesn't make sense to me. It's it makes me question what's going on at the University of Michigan and in the athletic department. And I am a diehard, diehard Michigan basketball fan. I love Michigan basketball, and we all know what happened this yesterday um, in that game against Wisconsin. And and just I'm not going to go into detail about all that. We've all seen the video and everything. it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And both parties are at fault. Um, Greg Gard and Wisconsin should have got hit a heck of a lot harder than what they did. And Juwan Howard in Michigan probably should have got hit harder than they did too. Um, just, uh, just a mess. But obvious, obviously the two circumstances are, are very different because one is Jim Harbaugh, his ego – is he staying? Is he going? Type of thing. The other is Juwan Howard and his temper, or or whatever it may be. But to me, that trickles down to the athletic department, and it makes me really question what's going on at the University of Michigan and in the athletic department. And and it saddens me as a fan of both programs and of the entire university and somebody who's been around that university my whole life and been a fan of the university my whole life and for my fandom to waver as much as it has over the past few years is is disheartening but nonetheless i mean it's it's gotten to the point now where it's just head scratching um just watching them and just seeing what's going on at the school and in the athletic department. You just you just really question things. And <clears throat> where will it go from here? We'll see. Is Jim Harbaugh committed to the football program? He says he is. But everything in my mind and my heart tells me next off season he'll interview for another head coaching job in the NFL. And if it's one that he really wants, he's going to take it. I mean, it, that's just... That's just how I see it. I mean, I, I, I really can't see it going any other way. I, I, I don't. And, I mean, I want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I do. But I just have a hard time with it. I really, really do. So for the next next little bit here, we're going to dive into the Coach's Corner segment of the show. Um, like I said, the Coach's Corner segment where I'm diving into some of the new hires in the 
college football world in this cycle. And this week is going to be Colorado State University hiring Jay Norvell from conference foe Nevada Reno. (laughs) So he was the head coach at Nevada Reno from 2017 to 2021, and they had a very good season this year. Going to put a handful of guys in the NFL uh, two guys in particular, Romeo Dobbs, a wide receiver, going to probably going to be a second or third round pick, and then quarterback Carson Strong could be late first, second round, maybe third round pick himself. Um, so, so you look at that, and they, he's obviously a guy who's found his niche at that level. Um, I, I always think it's kind of head scratching when a coach leaves one school in the conference, go to another school in the conference. Um, I understand in this case, like the money that Colorado State has is uh, is a heck of a lot different than Nevada Reno. Like I, I understand that, but it, it, it's always weird to me that that the that these things happen now. Jay Norvell is from the Midwest. I mean, he's from Madison, Wisconsin, played at Iowa, played for the Chicago Bears. I mean, this is a guy who's Midwest through and through, but he's really found his niche in the coaching profession on the West Coast. I mean, he's he's coached in the NFL. Um, he was, he's been an offensive coordinator at Nebraska, UCLA, Oklahoma, um, Arizona State, but then he got his first opportunity at Nevada and did did well. I mean, 33 and 26 in his uh, four years there and uh, two and one in bowls. So, I mean, and in this year in particular with the team they had, a very talented team, talented roster. Um, like I said, they, they went eight and five. So... Uh, they could have done better, I, I feel, but they they won at Cal, um, so you so see, you got to give them some some credit there. Um, very productive offense, and it makes you makes you wonder what they're gonna look like um, next year. But so you look at Colorado State; they went three and nine and two and six in the league. Uh, struggle, um, to say the least. Um, Colorado State was coached by Steve Adazio uh, last season. In their first game of the year, they played FCS South Dakota State and got just absolutely destroyed. Game wasn't even close. Um, it, it was an embarrassment, and it was one. It was one of those to the point where it was like, "Was Steve Adazio going to get fired right after that game?" Is what it made you feel. Uh, it was that bad. Then they turn around the next week. They lose to Vanderbilt at in Colorado at Colorado Springs. Um, just not a good loss either because Vanderbilt was coming off a loss to East Tennessee State. Then they turn around the next week and they win at Toledo. So I mean, they turn around. They hold a high power Toledo offense to six points. So they at least were respectable. Then they go to Iowa State and only lose by ten. They beat San Jose State by 18 they won at nebraska by 29 then the rest of the year they lose out they lost they lost at utah state by two 
lose to Boise by 9, lost at Wyoming by 14, lost to Air Force by 14, lost at Hawaii by 5. Then that last game of the year, they play Jay Norvell's Nevada team and lose by 42. So you're, you're obviously looking at a Colorado State team who is reeling, um, talent deficient. I mean, that being said, they had the top the top tight end from an awards perspective in McBride, um, who's going to be an NFL high high end NFL draft pick, uh, first or second round pick probably. So you had one guy at least who who you could trust. But so you you look at the recruiting class then that Jay Norvell has to then put together. He he has 14 commitments, which puts them at sixth in the Mountain West, which is right in the middle, 90th over or 88th overall. So I mean, probably where that you would think they would be. They got a couple of guys coming in who had high P5 offers who you can look at as talented guys, a bunch of three-star players uh, from from California, um, Louisiana, Texas, the, the places where, where they're going to get kids. Got a couple kids from Colorado, a couple JUCO kids. So basically what, what they need to get. But the transfer portal is where they went really hard and got 12 guys. Um, a cornerback from Cal, edge rusher from Rutgers, um, interior offensive lineman from FIU, a, a tackle from Tulsa. But then you look at what Jay Norvell then does pulling eight guys from Nevada. So this is the same scenario that I talked about with Lincoln Riley. Um, not to the point of Lincoln Riley, though, where Lincoln Riley was sitting there saying, like, I'm not using the, – the portal is so bad, blah, blah, blah. Like, we all heard the Lincoln Riley comments. Um, but some of these coaches, when they leave their program – their former programs and they're going to a new place they're, they're bringing in a ton of their old players and it's and it's head scratching especially in this scenario when it's in conference it, it, it just it's bizarre to me I mean I totally get it and I mean I know it's allowed and it's not especially in this day of NIL it, it's there's nothing you can do about it but it, it, it it's weird to say the least. So so you kind of look at it. I mean, they're, this Colorado State team is is deficient in talent in a lot of areas. So, I mean, he obviously needs to bring in players where he feels can step in right away and help. And I know his, his Nevada guys he feels can do that because those are the guys that he recruited and he's comfortable with. And, I mean, they got some, they got some guys. So, I mean, they're – the, and, and Jay Norvell is a good coach. I mean, he's going to get – Colorado State will be good. How quickly will they be good? I don't know. Because when I look at their 2022 schedule, they open up – funny how uh, how this segues. They, 
they open up at Michigan. So so we'll be able to see Jim Harbaugh in all his glory against Jay Norvell in Colorado State. Then you got Middle Tennessee at Washington State, Sacramento State. So there's your non-conference. Obviously, probably two and two is fair to say there. Then their first conference game. This is this is very fitting. They go to Nevada. Now, Nevada is going to be very deficient themselves next year because they lost so many guys. So many guys going to the NFL, or a handful of guys going to the NFL, but so many guys went to the portal. So Nevada is going to have some issues next year. So you look at it, Colorado State might be able to win that game. Then they host Utah State, host Hawaii, go to Boise, go to San Jose State, host Wyoming, go to Air Force, and then they host New Mexico. So realistically, you look at that schedule. I mean, there is a path to bowl eligibility. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they, they, they could definitely do it, but they won three games last year. So, I mean, I look at it and say they win four or five games. I think that's very realistic. And, but if you win five games, why can't you win a six, six game somewhere? I mean, I think two and two in the conference and then three and five non-con to get to five wins is is very doable for them. They win at Nevada, beat New Mexico, maybe win at San Jose State. You could steal a home game against somebody. I mean, it, it, it's very possible um, that they can do it. And, and like I said, everybody talks about uh, Colorado State and the – the money and the boosters and what they have there to pump in and there there were rumors for a long, for a while that they would be one of those potential Big 12 suitors just because they have that type of money but nonetheless um, I think Jay Norvell maybe not this year um, although I, I think it could be this year I think they could reach bowl eligibility I'm not going to say they will but but I think there's an opportunity it wouldn't blow my mind if they did. Um, but looking at them going forward is if he did it at Nevada Reno, there's no reason why he can't do it at Colorado State with uh, the resources they have there compared to Nevada. So I think there's a bright future ahead for Colorado State. It's, it's just going to be an interesting transition to see kind of how that goes. I want to conclude the episode today uh, talking about a little something that just came out on the NFL side of things. Um, those who listen frequently know that I am a diehard Detroit Lions fan, just through and through. I have been my whole life, and I will continue to be until the day I die. But the news just recently, the Aaron Rodgers, if you have Instagram, go to Aaron Rodgers' Instagram and look at the post that he just made. There's 10 pictures going along with it, and he's just thanking all kinds of people, having a ton of gratitude and thanking so many people, which is not typical for Aaron Rodgers if anybody knows him and follows him. <laughs> it's very, uh, very much the opposite of what he normally is. But, uh, it's it's interesting to see that because it, it just gets you thinking like, hey, maybe maybe it's the end of an era there. 
which then could lead to in one year we lose Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers, and the year before we lose Drew Brees. So there's a, there could potentially be some uh, – the times are changing in the NFL. Let's just say that. And uh, But like I said, go look at Aaron Rodgers' Instagram. Look at that post. It's very, very interesting. He, he doesn't say anything about retiring. doesn't say anything about it. But to me, what he's doing is out of the norm, out of, out of what he normally does. So to me, that, that kind of says, hey, maybe he's leaning that way. But time, maybe he's saying goodbye to those people in Green Bay because he's going to get traded to the Denver Broncos or something. I, who knows? I, I just thought it was very, very interesting. I wanted to bring it up here. Go ahead and go look at that. Um, it's head-scratching to me, nonetheless. But, again, thank you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the show tonight. Um, feel free follow me uh, personally at coach underscore B will please, please, please follow the podcast Twitter account at TNT Co- college foot one always uh, posting new things every day, interacting with people. I love doing that and hope you guys enjoy what I'm doing here. Um, again, putting my spring practice schedule together, um, looking to hopefully go to a couple spring practices so, and games. So, Again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Have a good night. God bless.